Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm Jeff DeForest, along with a very vibrant <laughs> and happy Mike Luby Lubitz. It's a little tough uh, early in the morning. It really is. So we're, we're used to uh, far more torturous situations. This isn't that early. This. <laughs> Remember when we used to get up at like four in the morning and then drive to work? Yes. Do four hours on the radio? How the hell? I mean, you look back on your life sometimes and you think to yourself, how the fuck did I do that? <laughs> All those years, and I look forward to it, too. That's yeah. the strange part. Uh, I guess it beats uh, working at a real job, uh, that's for sure. Nobody in this industry should ever complain uh, about anything, uh, no matter what your status is. I mean, even if you have one viewer, and that viewer refuses to put up a single dime to help you out <laughs> and make your way through life, it's still better than uh, working a real job. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that we can say with... Uh, Pure and honest uh, and true 100% conviction. All right. Uh, wow. I interesting uh, all the way around. Uh, yesterday, by the way, or I guess it, it might be today, is the anniversary, the 44th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. Do you believe in miracles? Oh, oh wow. Really? Jeez. I believe so. Lake Placid, 1980, uh, February. I'm going to say it was February 22nd, Olivia, just uh, to make the story more interesting and more compelling and uh, more relevant to uh, today. This was pointed out to me by a good friend of ours, uh, Jim Sarney, who's usually watching uh, Junior Varsity Women's Spearfishing from uh, Akragana. <laughs> Did they spearfish there? I don't even know. We were just making this stuff up. But the guy is into a lot of obscure stuff and is always telling us that we're blowing it, that we're not providing uh, the public with, with the kind of material that they're looking for because all we ever do is talk about the National Football League, which what we try to stay away from. Uh, you know, during the uh, football season, obviously it's a dominant thing. Hell, uh, like two billion people watched the commercials in the Super Bowl, even though the first half of the game uh, wasn't all that riveting in terms of action, uh, still uh, the drama was hanging out there. And uh, let's face it, it's far more popular than uh, reminding people of the time Brian Boitano was in third place and skated his way to the gold medal in whatever Olympic Games that was. And uh, in fact, I mean, there, there, there aren't that many memorable moments in Winter Olympics history, are they? Mm -hmm. Are there? I mean, uh, think about it. Uh, what, what do you remember? You remember some skating stuff, the Tanya Harding speed, thing? The ice skating, obviously. Speed skating is a, is a Winter Olympics, right? Speed skating, so yeah. Dan yeah, Jansen, do that. I remember. Time. I remember. Hayden, he had like six gold Hayden, medals. He was great. Dan Jansen, Bonnie Blair. So my childhood was that. I remember that well. Uh, and ice yeah. skating, you know, the Michelle Kwan before that. You always thought that if you could skate, which I can't. Okay. That you would want to do one of those things, you know, yes. be on one of those tracks there and just skate your brain <laughs> yes. right into the record books. And then it was Dick Button, of course, uh, one of the great color analysts of all time in any sport, the great Dick Button, who uh, would get a hard on, literally, right? would get a Woody over a triple sow cow. <laughs> like, here he comes, here he comes. Like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? I, I don't know, but he made it exciting, even if it wasn't. Even if the you know, person fell down and splattered their face all over the boards, you were thinking, wow, I mean, that button really, really made that seem like the degree of difficulty was extremely high for this uh, upcoming, uh, what would you call it? Uh, maneuver? A trick? Yes, maneuver. It's not really a trick. No, maneuver. It's more of a maneuver. Maneuver, yeah, yeah. yeah. To me, it's a trick, man. You go to the uh, ice follies there with uh, your kids, your grandkids or whatever, and uh, you're thinking, man, you know, that was nice. I saw that in the Winter Olympics. I remember Al Michaels describing it, which is the big debate about this whole thing. Now, we've had this debate forever, and we can't get a straight answer out of anybody. The Michaels defenders will swear that that was uh, totally uh, ad-libbed, that out of the spur of the moment and the excitement, he, he just shouted out as it appeared that the United States was going to beat. They had just gotten shellacked, I think, 
at Madison Square Garden in an exhibition prior to the Winter Olympics by these Russians who were uh, completely professional. I mean, they yes. may as well have just lined up as the Detroit Red Wings, yeah. this uh, Russian team uh, out of 1980. And they had just played an exhibition. I believe the U.S. lost 10-2 to 2 in that game. Remember they had the quirky coach, Herb Brooks? Yes. Who uh, we learned was far more quirky than we ever could have imagined uh, as uh, time wore on. And uh, he ended up coaching at various levels, college and the pros. And uh, I don't know that he ever measured up to uh, the excitement that he created by taking uh, really a bunch of Japonis. Yes. Of college campuses and, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, sources where he got these players. They weren't the pros like the Russians were a polished, disciplined, professional team. They didn't do anything else. They didn't have to have jobs. They didn't go to school. They didn't have to go out there and make money. They didn't have to battle the economy. They were just highly paid, trained professional athletes. Uh, she lacked the uh, U.S. team 10-2 to at Madison Square Garden uh, like a week or so prior to the Olympic Games, and they lose 4-3. And at the uh, big moment, here's Al Michaels on the microphone. And Michaels, uh, look, like him or not, as a senile old man, uh, he's still competent. Uh, you know, he's very professional. He has the kind of voice and delivery that, Makes you think, okay, this guy is really at ease with what he's doing. He, he doesn't get carried away. He's not hollering Kevin Harlan or uh, one of these maniacs like Gus Johnson. So uh, perfectly acceptable to me. I mean, and when you really get down to it, I mean, for the amount of money and the amount of homage that is paid to uh, NFL play-by-play announcers, and, and we have many of them uh, that we really, really like. Iron Eagle happens to be a hoot. Far, uh, I mean, uh, away from the uh, guy that you see on screen uh, with his uh, sarcastic, comedic, timing that he has i mean he, he easily could have uh, succeeded in other genres uh, of entertainment besides oh, yeah. the play-by-play guy which, which he happens to be very good at uh, but you know you don't hear him screaming like a maniac after nope. some guy goes for two yards up the middle on the opening play can you believe the Patriots <laughs> no gus why are you hemorrhaging unbelievable <laughs> gus johnson a lot of people like gus johnson might be a very likable guy but uh, jesus he annoying uh, as a uh, play-by-play announcer michaels was never that i mean michaels was always very smooth and how difficult is it to go, uh, there's a gain of six. It'll be second and four. And then the uh, color analyst, whoever it happens to be, if it's Greg Olson, he, he's just schlubbering on for the next 20 minutes. If it's Tony Romo, you don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> you, you don't know if you're sitting next to a $1.8 million a game uh, color announcer or some homeless guy that they just picked up off the streets there in Los Angeles. Say, hey, you wanna, we want to do a ball game? Come on, we need somebody. We need another voice on there. But did Michaels make that up on the spur of the moment, Bobby, or did he have it written down in case the U.S. somehow pulled off uh, one of the all-time uh, great upsets in sports history? Do you have it written down? Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> yes. What do you think? <laughs> what is your spec? After years of talking about this, what is your speculation? I mean, I know you're like really weird about it. I, um, I, I tend to feel like he. Look, he didn't make that up at the spur of the moment, did he? I mean, if he did, it was know. a pure stroke of poetic genius, my friend. I I feel like if he didn't make it up on the spot, he, I don't think he had the whole thing written out. I think maybe he had an idea of, I mean, you, you can know, hear, uh, you know, Russ Hodges, uh, you know, saying that the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant. That, that was spur of the moment stuff, right? It wasn't like he sat there and planned on uh, this miracle comeback and the Bobby Thompson home run shot heard around the world. Uh, few people could have anticipated that the United States, after getting shellacked like they did in the previous game, well, were going to beat the mighty Russians. Now, this wasn't even the championship game. That, that's the odd thing about that. That's a trivia question you can almost always stump somebody with because everybody thought that that won the title for him, especially with the embellishment of the call. Do you believe in miracles? 
Yes. Mm. He had that written down on his sleeve, Luby. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're going to alibi for Al Michaels, who never has admitted to this. And I would imagine, how come there's not some congressional inquiry into this? They have so many other meaningless congressional inquiries. Where are uh, you know, all of these uh, right-wing Republicans when it comes to Al Michaels? <laughs> And the claim that he ad-libbed a line, do you believe in miracles? Anyway, we don't mean to be obsessed yeah, with yeah, that. It was a phenomenal care. accomplishment. It was 44 <laughs> fucking years ago, and we can't let it go. years ago. <laughs> Unbelievable. We are talking about this the other day, uh, and I'm watching uh, some teams. Uh, they have the clips. I, I don't know. Do they limit what uh, television stations, local TV stations, and uh, even national networks can do when it comes to videoing spring training exercises maybe is it that they only let them show you uh, the players doing nothing or is it that as we theorized the other day on another show that uh, from our observation and we used to do uh, what a- at least one show a year from uh, the marlin spring training yes season. every year for- i've been doing that since the inception of the team eight to ten years uh, o- almost without a- exception and sure enough, uh, I mean, when you watch these players and we're out there all morning long, they, they come out, they're in very early. They come out, uh, you know, of the clubhouse there, the locker room, uh, what seems like about seven thirty before eight o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah, they're yeah, out yeah. there on the field. And what do they do? Luby? Nothing. <laughs> it's amazing. It, it's no wonder that half the team, half the roster of most teams in the major leagues uh, is on IR in the first month of the season. All with stuff that would relate to not doing anything during spring training to get ready for the season. <laughs> now, this isn't the era anymore where guys had jobs in the offseason. Yogi Berra was like pumping gas in the offseason. The Mick uh, was selling insurance. Uh, Roger Maris was working at a hot dog stand. This uh, is an era where it's a baseball 24, uh, you know, hours a day, 365 days a year. The players don't have anything else they really need to concentrate on except how to spend the zillions of dollars they're making. As we mentioned yesterday, if Gary Sanchez is worth $7 million a year, right? This is one time that that uh, absurdity of a hypothetical applies. What would Willie Mays have been worth? Honestly, yeah. Oh, my God. Gary Sanchez, he strikes out. I mean, he comes to the plate with two strikes on him. That's how bad this guy is. And as we said, I mean, he can't catch a watermelon from two feet away. If Gallagher was in front of this guy, he wouldn't be able to catch a single piece. Guy's, uh, you know, literally got no glove. He's probably the modern day version of uh, the great Dick Stewart, the late great Dick Stewart, Dr. Strange Glove at first base. One of the great nicknames of all time. But what are they doing to get in shape? And then, you know, never mind the fundamentals that are lost on Major League Baseball players, which you're asking yourself, how on earth? It's just like how guys could be really lousy free throw shooters in the NBA. Yep. This is your fucking job. <laughs> how could you How could you be bereft of any knowledge whatsoever of the simplest of fundamental uh, strategies of the game? Where, you know, you're always seeing a guy throw to the wrong base or, uh, you know, overshoot the cutoff man by 100 miles because he wants to make some throw to the plate that's never going to get a guy. And in the meantime, the other guys are just mumbling around the bases as uh, the throw is coming in. Mm-hmm. Usually goes all the way back to the screen. The pitcher has his hands on the ball. That's always a not favorable situation. But what are they doing in spring training, Luby? I mean, from your observation, remember we used to see these guys on the field for like three hours. Yep. And they're just all standing around. No wonder they all get hurt. What, what <laughs> constitutes the preparations for the baseball season that at the beginning of the year, you have guys constantly pulling muscles, right? I mean, what's the over-under on uh, Giancarlo Stanton? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's trimmed down. He's in shape. Uh, they're showing all kinds of pictures of him. It's kind of like when Muhammad Ali fought Larry Holmes many years ago. Mm. And the day before the fight, they show a picture of a ripped Muhammad Ali who had been bloated for his last several fights and didn't look like uh, e- even a reasonable facsimile 
of the young Ali that we saw that lit up the universe there with his exciting style as a heavyweight. I mean, who, who moved like that? Nobody. Mm. Didn't have the biggest punch in the world except for that one, right, <laughs> which I saw a couple of more times. I was watching some Ali documentaries, a couple of very good ones. Uh, one's called When We Were Kings, and uh, that, that's uh, kind of centering around the Foreman fight. Uh, which, uh, I mean, so many things were happening and evolving around this. Uh, boxing had a much more prominent place in influencing people's opinion about life itself, I think, uh, back in that era. Excellent documentary. And then Ken Burns, who's the uh, king of all documentary filmmakers, you would say, uh, with apologies to our good friend Billy Corbin, Cocaine Cowboys, etc. But uh, a Ken Burns' documentary, I mean, is just an absolute work of art. I mean, it's a Citizen Kane of documentaries. Yeah, yeah. Even though, and I say that, see... Uh, here I'm accusing Al Michaels of being a phony all of those years and not admitting that he wrote that line down. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I say that uh, without ever liking Citizen Kane as a movie. I thought it was a piece of shit. What, what did you think? <laughs> it's a shit. I just don't know if I call it the greatest film ever. I guess they did certain things at that time that, that didn't exist. The hell was that? I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not from that time. It was boring. Imagine you go to the theater now, and uh, they don't tell you it's Citizen Kane, you know, the fabled uh, movie, uh, the standard by which all other movies should be judged. And you watch this, and you think, what What was that trick? Oh, yeah, God, no, I want boring. my money back. You, you'd be strangling the guy at the box office before <laughs> the next crowd came in saying, yeah, what the fuck? I want my money back. <laughs> so maybe that wasn't the greatest reference. I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, if you ask, what, what, 100 people what the greatest movie of all time was? A, how many would come up with Citizen Kane? Probably just those that spent a lot of money on our useless education in college. Or nobody. I mean, uh, and it would be 97 different answers uh, to that question. So uh, tough one. Tough one to uh, go ahead and and quantify in that fashion. The best movie ever. But, uh, you know, if you're watching uh, a movie on uh, spring training, we'd see these guys literally doing nothing. Now, Now, we know in the NFL they're not ready for the regular season. And degenerate gamblers uh, would tell you, hey, don't bet the first month of the regular season because you don't know who the hell is in shape. Yep. And in Major League Baseball, it just it, it amazes me every year how many guys are injured with, with the kind of stuff that you would normally be able to, uh, you know, condition yourself to at least try to stave off. I mean, should you not be running somewhere? Well, not everybody runs at top speed anymore in Major League Baseball. You see a lot of guys jogging around the bases, admiring their shot. Hey, look at that. They hit the ball. <laughs> what the hell happened to this game? My uh, God, Louie. But, uh, yeah, the, the shots of spring training, unless they're just limiting the video access that people have, uh, they, these guys do nothing to get ready for the season. And they spend a long time doing it, don't they? Yes. They, they of, play like 30 preseason games. Yeah, the spring training is a lot of games, yep. Then the first day, uh, your, your top starter goes out needing Tommy John. Two of your big-time hitters pull hamstrings running to first base, uh, trying to jog their way to first on, on their way to try and uh, feign like they want to beat out a grounder. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, the manager's already making excuses uh, for uh, some of the uh, absolute uh, blundered plays where, you know, the simplest understanding and concept of uh, strategies of Major League Baseball. You don't have to be Bill James to figure this out. Uh, what, what you would think a professional ball player, just like we were talking about. I mean, an NBA player should be able to make free throws a Major League Baseball player should be able to uh, lay down a bunt or, or hit the ball the opposite way. They have to make rules to go ahead and inhibit defenses from doing what they want to do, which is defend. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. 
Absolutely insane. But, uh, yeah, spring training, uh, I can't wait to bet my first game. <laughs> I'm sure. You can't even bet regular season games anymore uh, counting on the starting pitchers because they don't go more than six innings, period. I mean, even by design, guys having a no-hitter and the managers in the dugout, well, I don't know if he's going to pull him or not. Like, pulling, he's throwing 39 pitches. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. But that's what they do. I mean, they, they got everything set up. You got your setup man. You got your uh, closer. You got your pre-setup guy. You got, like, all of these Michigan rolls that are being played. <laughs> and yet... They're never ready for the regular season. Exactly. Even after all of these workouts in spring training. It's pretty amazing. All right. Uh, big upset. I mean, th this is something we were talking about the NCAA tournament and how impossible it is to uh, select teams. Uh, I mean, you, you couldn't have come up with those final four teams last year. Could you? You might have seen UConn steamrolling its way through the Big East tournament and uh, playing really good basketball at the end of the year. Okay. Might have been able to concede them a spot in there. FAU. Hello. University of Miami certainly didn't look like a Final Four team, and they didn't look like it, uh, what was that, just last night when they were getting shellacked by Duke? I'm using the word shellacked a lot, but, uh, I mean, there's oh, been a lot Lord. of uh, hideous, ugly, clubbing of seals type of beatings in sports. But um, I saw a stat last night, and, and this uh, came after Illinois was upset by an unranked Penn State team as uh, they went on the road that uh, ranked teams going against unranked teams on the road this year, uh, it, it's the worst percentage that there has ever been in the history of the game, I believe, going all the way back to, like, Naismith. Mm. Uh, so that just shows you the parity uh, continues to evolve to the level where, I mean, even some schmink team that has nobody on it that's being regarded by uh, any other league than uh, maybe Tunisia, uh, they're, they're capable of beating teams and have all kinds of, uh, you know, studs and highly paid NIL guys. So it's wide open, as we said, especially after watching Creighton beat UConn the other day. Wide open, my friends. We're really going to have to zero in on this. If you can come up with some kind of an edge, right, before mm -hmm. the tournament, scouting some of these schmink teams, uh, you know, who, who would have had Fairleigh Dickinson? Uh, did anybody have that? Straight up, Fairleigh Dickinson on the money line over Purdue last year. No. In the first round of the tournament. You Not in a way. In a way. Nobody can predict this shit, and that's why, uh, I don't know, we, we will make a futile attempt to try and... Uh, zero in on something that we can give you something you could sink your teeth into on the ncaa tournament messi uh, last night the debut of the mls does anybody care is this not like lebron running g league ball nah. at this yeah, stage of his career if he just dropped down to the g league became a two-way player you know he's in sioux falls one day miami the next nice little change there in terms of atmosphere anyway but uh, imagine the nightlife in sioux falls nah. Versus Miami, and you're going out with the guys that have been running with the Heat now for the last several years, and they know that uh, Spolstra will never say anything to them because you're bam out of bio, man. You want to go out all night and party? That's fine. Heat culture? Right go. up the ass. That's what you have. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, isn't that the equivalent of it? Uh, what would it be? It, it would be like Aaron Judge going down to double A mm. in a rehab assignment or something, and uh, he's crushing balls 600 feet at a time, and, and the crowds are, are swelling because of the fact you actually have a legitimate ball player down there. But, I mean, is Messi in the MLS not the equivalent of that? I would think. So, you know, some guy uh, in uh, the NHL, uh, you know, going down to uh, Austin Matthews, or going down to the juniors and playing, or maybe playing in Czechoslovakia yep. with a 90-year-old Yarmir Yager. Yep. I mean, come on. Yep. Everybody gets excited, man. They all got ghosts because he had an assist in this game. No, I didn't. Dribbling I mean, the I... ball and went off some other guy's head and landed okay. on the foot of a guy with the goalie. He yelled, your mother, and the guy dove this way, and the ball went right in the net. So, um, yeah. Hey, what folks, is Tony I mean, Segretto I don't know here. What Let me ask you a right question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Right, we got to run. atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. 
All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.